Hello and welcome to episode 108 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. For this episode we have news, reviews, contests of champions, Azerothian times, and a top five. There's so much we're going to cram into this episode, so much entertainment for your buck. Action packed. Talking about entertainment for your buck, I have to point out that somebody is, uh, well multiple people I, I assume, are using our Amazon widget. Woohoo! Which is absolutely brilliant. We'll actually have something to declare next year on the text. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, whoever you, whoever you are. Brilliant. Anyway, uh, moving on to our news. Wait a minute, you didn't introduce the crew. Oh, I didn't introduce the crew, you're right. <laughs> actually, I don't, have to, I don't have that line in my sheet, so therefore I didn't do it. 108 episodes in, and I still need the sheet to tell me how to do the episode. <laughs> Ridiculous! It's the David Solo show. <laughs> You're not a professional until 208 episodes. Yeah, that's it. I, even then, I won't even class myself as a professional. Uh, so, well, that's I, I apologise uh, to my crew. So, it's, uh, with me today, I have. I'm, well, my name is David, and I'm your host. And with me, I have Crystal. Oh, I never want to do the show now. I'm insulted. No, oh, don't be insulted. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same without you. And we also have Bo. Hey, how's it going? I probably sound a little different today because I'm getting over a cold. Yeah, uh, but it was a cold worth having because of you got it from. Yeah, I got it from Dragon Con. So uh, you got cold. That, that is funny. That is funny that we brought up Dragon Con with the cold because on their Facebook page, everybody I know that went to Dragon Con came back with a cold. Yeah, and the only person I know that went to Dragon Con with a cold was my wife. So I'm wondering if Becca actually was patient zero. <laughs> patient zero. I wonder if she spread drag. I wonder if she spread the Dragon Con cold of 2014. Because, um, I'm sorry. I swear she's the only person I know that had it going to the con. Uh, but, getting, getting, uh, getting a cold from uh, getting a cold from a con is uh, it's a rite of passage. I'm so paranoid. I'm going to get con crud in New York. I know that's that's the only thing I'm worried about because when we go to New York. And just uh, just a reminder for our listeners that we will in fact be at New York Comic Con uh, in uh, October, so uh, very very exciting in a couple of episodes time. But um, I'm just that's the only thing I'm worried about because the con is like it's the first weekend that we're there, and then if we if we if we're sick, especially as sick as Paul Yumbo's been, it's like the rest of the week that we're in New York is going to be terrible. We're hitting the drugstores, baby. <laughs> con crud, I like that. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Patient zero. That's hilarious. Is that patented already, or is that? Does it, is it, did, did, so did did Becca actually come back okay? But you, but everybody else was sick. Oh yeah, yeah. She came back fine. She was over it the first day. But I swear, everybody's sick now. Dragon <laughs> Con, <laughs> Becca's revenge. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Dragon Con, Dragon Con is always like such a cluster, though. I mean, it's 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 huge. Um, probably the big guests there this year was Patrick Stewart, Jerry Ryan. Um, I don't think Shatner was there, which I've only been to Dragon Con two or three times, and it just so happens that when I go, Shatner goes. He mm. broke the he broke the tradition this year. Well, so William Shatner's actually here in Australia right now. He's in Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. why he wasn't there then, probably. He's at Bris- <laughs> Brisbane Oz Comic Con. It's sunny downtown Brisbane. Mm, very exciting. So, you, and uh, so, you, any uh, highlights of Dragon Con did? Uh, you know, th- this sounds really lame, but my favorite thing at Dragon Con every year is the Lost panel. Um, that is lame. There's, n- <laughs> there's nobody on the panel that's from the show. It's the panel is just ran by huge Lost fanatics, and um, and every year it's the same people, and uh, the room is is packed, standing room only, and it's just all Lost fans, and we just kind of have a discussion about the show together. 
And every year, somebody thinks they're dead the whole time. So it's, 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 <laughs> still it's, trying to figure it it's out. the best and the worst panel of Dragon Con in my eyes. Uh, you also had some interaction with uh, Jerry Ryan? Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I asked Jerry, um, what purpose do boobs serve to the Borg? <laughs> um, I mean, she was abducted as a child. Um, the Borg, they don't, they don't like nurture you know, any kind of young or anything. Although they do like, they do have those like, uh, you know, little chambers that they grow little board babies in. Yeah. Um, but boobs are never involved. So I just wonder why her character had boobs. Um, also, uh, did you actually ask her that? <laughs> why that? Did you really ask her that question? Uh, <laughs> cause that no, is brilliant. See if he did <laughs> I, that, that is kudos, dude. I actually, as somebody did ask her that it wasn't me though. Someone at the Q and a did ask her that. Um, and what was her response? And she said she didn't know, but boobs were great for ratings. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Also, Harry Kim was leading the uh, the actor that plays Harry Kim, obviously, was Garrett leading Wayne. the panel. Um, which is really cool, too, because the Star Trek panels at Dragon Con, apparently he's like the head master guy and, and uh, moderates them all um, on, his, on his own time. He just does it because he enjoys Dragon Con. He also told us a story that he he wished he could have wrote into an episode, but basically he had some fan fiction going on between him and uh, him and Jerry Ryan's character uh, that he was hoping to get in the show that he never did. <laughs> Does that involve the the aforementioned boobies? <laughs> yeah, it was around that time that someone asked about the boobs. So that was he he brought it up like like boo oh Jerry Ryan boobs oh yeah I had this episode idea that was. Dragon Con just sounds really cool. It's, it's, I mean, other than, I mean, New York, which is which we'll be attending, and uh, San Diego. Dragon Con is the other con that I would actually wish I could go to. I mean, it just sounds really, really cool. And the and the people that people the fans seem to just really, really embrace it. It's it's unique. It's not like any other con. I mean, it's it's um, to me, it's more like a festival. Hmm. Uh, it's like a nerd Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> they should use that in their advertising. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Oh, I wish I could go. I'm jealous. So uh, if this is uh, not your first episode, then you'll know that it's uh, Bo was not on uh, episode 106, even though he was scheduled to appear, uh, because he uh, decided to destroy his hometown's internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happened there, dude? It was like, it was like one of those things that you see in, sort of in the movies where you, like, you plug in an appliance and all the power goes out? Was it something like that? <laughs> yeah, no, was, uh, I, went, I got home, and uh, I, you know my ritual is always like, I, I leave work 30 minutes early because I'm excited to do the show. And then when oh. I get here, I get on World of Warcraft to try to um, talk to you. And uh, I could, you know, while I was doing the whole, like, offline thing. And um, so I started freaking out. I, I called my ISP. And, um, uh, you know, you can't never get anywhere with them. No. They, they have the little automated thing that tells you to, like, you know, turn off your router and turn it back on and stuff like that. And so I actually... This is like the nerdiest thing ever, but there was actually a router that I've been eyeballing for like, you know, a few weeks anyway. And I was like, this is an opportunity for me to go buy that cool router. (laughs) And so (laughs) I rushed and bought, I still had a little bit of time. I rushed and bought the router, hooked it up, still no internet. And then I found out that like the major cable provider for, for my small town, you can, you can get, you basically can choose between one or the other. There's two, you know? Yeah. And um, the one that I have was down, and there was nothing you could do about it. Yeah. And then it came back up, like, 
it literally came up when you were probably finishing the show. Like it uh. came up like three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> we held out as long as we possibly could, but uh, in the end, we had to do it, which is a shame. But so it was. A, it was a real shame not having you on. And uh, we actually, I actually got feedback that you weren't on the show. Oh, man. I got a, actually got an email saying, Where's Bo? In capital letters with exclamation points. <laughs> so there you go, dude. You were missed. They, you guys, maybe they thought you kicked me off. Yeah, that's what we said in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, we said you'd gone around fixing the whole town's internet. Yeah. First we said it was your fault, and then we said you were fixing it. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get on with the show. Uh, so just uh, so, some quick other news. We've got, uh, there's been some leaked iCloud pics. Uh, so some pictures of, from people's phones, uh, celebrity phones, uh, most notably, of course, Jennifer Lawrence, but also a whole bunch of other celebrities um, were leaked from uh, from some hackers from iCloud. And uh, of course, it's a disgrace, but it doesn't need to be said. So, you know, obviously it's not good. Just rephrase that. The hackers weren't from iCloud. Yeah, the hackers worked for iCloud. <laughs> I'm going to stay right here. Just slander right here. They worked for Apple. I don't think so. <laughs> no, obviously, obviously they didn't. But uh, apparently there's, 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 it's quite a well-known sort of hacking type thing, whereas to sort of get some street cred with the hackers, you hack someone's you know, a celebrity's phone and get information, and you then use that as sort of like your resume for this hacking group. The pics were, of course, you know, they're pictures of nudes and stuff like that, and so, you know, people are all upset. I mean, it's it's, it's horrible, it's an invasion of privacy. I just need to sort of point out, I actually do kind of agree with Louis C.K., who said... Who said I don't know what he said. Yeah, he, well, basically, Louis C.K. said, look, you know, I'm agreeing that it's a horrible invasion of privacy, and yes, you know, they, they should be, you know, brought to justice, but surely, if you've taken personal photos and you put it up into a virtual space in the internet, surely you understand that the risk is that someone's going to get them. You know, it's... Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's, 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 you know, and it's, I mean, I'm totally with that. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's horrible, but come on. I mean, really, why would you thing, do that? Here's the thing. It happens to people every day. Every I mean, day. This happens thousands of times. Like, you could probably do one of those, like, whole commercials where it's like every minute someone's... You know, iCloud photos get stolen, and, and you know, like, like it, it happened just now. <laughs> Every time I click my fingers, like, but it's only it's only because it's only because it was celebrities that it got the news. I mean, yeah. trust me, this this happens all the time, every yeah. day. And another thing is, I was listening to um, to uh, Twit talk about it, and they were, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with this, but they were making the suggestion that it also happens with other services besides just iCloud. But this story is so big because anytime Apple is in a headline, it's a huge story. And it was almost because the celebrity photos all came from iCloud, it's almost like they were targeted. And I'm just saying, BitTorrent Sync, you know, there's like other ways to to save these photos digitally, you know, locally on your own system without them, you know, being on a service ran by some company that you're just a number to them. Yeah. You know? I'd yeah. never save my photos somewhere where I couldn't control them or yeah. delete them or get them back. Exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that these people, you know, deserve to get what they get or they were stupid or anything like that. Of course not. And, you know... They just had more faith in, in the technology than what we do. Yeah, in the privacy of their, of their own home, if they want to take, you know, nude pics of themselves, then by all means, go for it. It's your, it's your business. But don't put them out onto the internet. 
It's just it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Having said that, I wouldn't take nude pictures in a digital format anyway because even if you save them locally, they're so easy, well, replicatable and, and copyable. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, <laughs> it's, anyway what, what can you do? Uh, the other news item is a Supergirl TV show is uh, in development at Warner Brothers. I'm very excited. I'm a big fan of Supergirl. Uh, it's going to be... It's Apparently it's been headed up by Greg Berlanti, who is uh, one of the co co-people behind Arrow and Flash. Uh, uh, hopefully it's not a CW show, because that would be terrible, because they all suck. Uh, but I bet it will hey, be. It probably will be, let's face it. But hey, a Supergirl TV show, that's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, a female superhero band getting a pro- her own show, that's cool. And Supergirl's awesome. That's, that's <laughs> why I bet it'll be a CW-type show, though. Because, yeah. like, like, this news story, it's cool that we're getting a, a girl superhero show, but I bet they're going to... Because it's a girl superhero show, it's like, okay... We're throwing a bone to the ladies, but it's still going to be a teeny bop CW show. You know, like, I don't think mm. they're going to respect it the same way they would other superhero shows. It'll be Supergirl 90210. Yeah, Supergirl 90210. I really I hope, hope that's it's not. not. I hope that yeah. it's not. I, but I would be shocked if it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, that was, that's, the, well, that's the defining statement, I think. We hope it's not, but we won't be shocked if it is. Uh some uh, local news, uh, a friend of the show, Ben Michael Byrne, uh, who is the creator of a comic called Cranburn, um, he's doing a new project and he's looking for artists, so he's done a call out on his Facebook page, uh, www.facebook.com forward slash comic. Uh, so if you're a local artist and you're looking for, looking for some paid work, then uh, check that out. Uh, and 42 Geek Street. Oh, yeah. Our, our, our podcast friends, 42 Geek Street, uh, they debuted their uh, TV show on Channel 31 Friday night. Uh, so that was very exciting. It was 10.30 uh, Fridays. Uh, I, I believe they're going to be 10.30 next Friday as well. Uh, it's on Channel 31. It was a lot of fun seeing the guys on there, seeing people that I knew and stuff like that. I even It's the very first time I've ever, ever live-tweeted or something, so I tried my hand at live-tweeting. I don't think I was very successful, but I gave it a shot. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It was really, it was good to see him on there. It was good. So, well done, 42 Geek Street. So let's move on to some reviews. First up, we've got Bo and Sin City 2, A Dame to Kill For. I remember the first Sin City. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I don't know if that's weird, but I've never watched it except for when I saw it in theaters. So it's been a long time since I saw the original. Um, but I remember at the time, it seemed really exciting, and, you know, it had that look to it, you know, the the whole, like, you know, hard blacks and hard whites, and then, you know, one soft color. And I remember it, it just looking original and awesome, mm. and it just was overly violent, and, and that <laughs> was a lot of fun. And <laughs> It was almost like watching, like, I compare it to watching... Um, Pulp Fiction for the first time, which which is living up to a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whenever you know. So when I went and saw Sin City: Dame to Kill for, I knew just based on you know the lack of hype around the movie, I kind of knew that it, it's probably not going to be as good as the first one. And during the movie, it, it was it was a fun movie. It's cool, but the whole time I keep I keep feeling like like there's not I can't put my finger on what's bad about it. It's just. I'm thinking like this could have been like the made for Blu-ray or the straight to Blu-ray version mm. or, or sequel, you know? Yeah. Um, it didn't feel theater epic to me. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Um, it's hard to do a review because really it's, it's not a bad movie. Like I like the movie, but it didn't feel as big and, and you know, it didn't compare to the first one. 
Yeah, but it makes me wonder, since I haven't seen the first one since then, yep. I wonder if it's just how much you know film has changed since then, and if the first one would live up to the hype that I'm giving it if, if it came out today. So I'm wondering, mm. I'm wondering if the first one's really as good as I remember it being. The reason why I say that is because at the time that, because that movie's been out longer than you think, like, I can look it up and tell you the exact date that the first one came out, but um, it's, been a while. it's been out longer than you think it has. It came mm. out in 2005. So, I mean, it's almost 10 years old now. I don't know. I just think maybe if, if that movie came out today, it wouldn't be, I think it would be, I think it would almost be, like, pretentious. Like, I don't know that we would we would see it the same way we did back then. Mm. And so I think that's why A Dame to Kill For doesn't really live up uh, to the first movie. You know, we've seen black and white movies that do color just in one place. You know, like, hell, we on Facebook we see people post that where they made it on Pick Monkey. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not an uncommon thing. As a matter of fact, whenever you see it other places, it, it, it's almost silly, you know? Yeah, um, but isn't that but so, isn't that because because of SimCity though? Because SimCity came out almost ten years ago. That now we're so used to it now because they set the standard. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for when the movie came, I guess that's I guess you do have to judge movies based on the time period they came out too. Because you, you couldn't say like you know some you couldn't say well Plan Nine from Outer Space is terrible because of the special effects. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just because of when it came out. Um, Even so for yeah, its time, the special effects were bad. Let's, let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, that's a I love example. the I love the film, but it's come on. Let's be truthful. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you're right though. I do have to consider the time period. So I think I think you're right. I think that that Sin City, the first one, probably is as good as I remember. I should watch it though. Um, but anyway, my review on Sin City, a Dame to Kill for. I just got to say, like, it's not a bad movie. If you're a fan of of the first movie, if you're a fan of you know Frank Miller's. Uh, view and, and Robert Rodriguez and um, you know you're you're a fan of the comic you're you're gonna enjoy the movie I don't think you necessarily need to see it in theaters though mm. nothing in it seemed like it was better on the big screen you know um, but if you're not a fan of this you're gonna you're gonna waste your money don't go see it because this is this is a movie for the fan of the genre and of the franchise I don't I don't think anybody's gonna find any interest in this movie other than uh, who's the actress the main actress. Eva Green? Yeah, Eva Green is naked in the entire movie. So, I mean, that's something. It's not the but, entire uh, movie. <laughs> uh, she's but, pretty, I mean, she's got clothes the, on in like two scenes. Yeah, two scenes. The, <laughs> the rest of it. To be, to be uh, fair, her character's naked in the comic as well. Yeah, I, I, I know. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like the movie. I really liked it. But it didn't blow me away, I guess is, yeah. is what i got to say. If I'm giving it a 1 out of 5 rating, I, I mean, it's middle of the road, man. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a th- 3. 3 cool. out of 5. All right. Well, I, I've, I've also seen it, and uh, I, I totally agree with you. It's basically a case of the first the first one did was, was successful and was you know, a groundbreaking for what it was almost 10 years ago. And this one is almost a carbon copy. It is. Uh, it's based on on a, a couple of the the comics that Dame to Kill for with, and a couple of also original stories made just for the film. And uh, oh, I didn't know that. And they're and they're they're okay. The the, the Joseph Gordon Levitt one is an original story, um, and you know they're they're okay. They kind of work, but uh, it's. I mean, I, I'm I'm totally agreeing with you. It's just that it's now it's kind of old hat and. Wouldn't it be weird if they did film it in a different format? Oh no, it couldn't be filmed in a different format. It just couldn't. It had to be filmed in this format. But I'm just saying, is it? It really didn't need to be filmed. 
It's like it's, it's already it's, the it's being done. Ten years ago, but yeah. they didn't they didn't continue that. Like they pushed the envelope ten years ago and then did the same thing now. You know, like it didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I I totally agree with both review. It's it's not good. It's not bad. It's just very middle of the road. If you're a fan of the first film, check it out. You'll see lots that lots that you like. Uh, if you're not a fan of the first film, then then don't don't waste your time. Totally with you. Unless you're a big fan of Eva Green, and then check it out. <laughs> I find it interesting that Mickey Rourke looks less freaky in makeup. <laughs> well, Mickey, Mickey Rourke is Marv is always good. It's always good to see. No, that was a good, good review, Bo. Let's move on to Crystal, uh, who will be doing the first couple of episodes of the new series of Doctor Who with Peter Capaldi. I was very excited uh, at, uh, in anticipation to see Peter Capaldi on, on the screen as Doctor Who. He harkens back to what my idea of the Doctor should be, having grown up with watching Tom Baker and Peter Davison. Um, don't get me wrong, Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant and Matt Smith were all very good. I really like David Tennant. Um, Is that because he's, he's, he's good looking? That helps. <laughs> it, it certainly helps. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, also um, Mr Easter Island face was also pretty good too. Easter Island face. I do love how they made reference to that Paul. long after you said he looks like the East Island statue. I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> um, they're all very good, but it was, it was odd that they kept getting younger and younger. And I thought it just, it, it was very, although Matt Smith was very good, I found it very hard to get a sense of a 900,000 year old being that he's supposed to 900, be. 900,000? 900 to 1,000. Oh, to 1,000. I think at the end of it he sent like. 1200 or something. Right, okay, cool. Jeez. And Peter Capaldi's now 2000, I think. Okay, right. Right. So, although, I mean, I haven't managed to get that sense from Peter Capaldi yet either. Just because he's older doesn't mean he's going to be able to convey that as well, but he may. But um, I do like how it's harkened back to the uh, Doctor's very um, narcissistic, and uh, there's a a great line in the second episode where um, Clara tries to define what she is to the doctor and she said oh, i'm his carer and he says that's right she cares so i don't have to yeah it's a top line <laughs> um but getting back to the episodes themselves the first episode the um the tardis appears coughed up from a dinosaur in the middle of the thames bloody <laughs> ridiculous yeah. ridiculous but hilarious and and uh, it made for good television i thought um we go back to the era where the yeah. It's one of those things that you can get away with in Doctor Who that you can't get away yeah. in other in other TV shows. Like it, yeah. it fits that universe. Yeah, Doctor Who's had a weird sort of run over the past few years. It sort of uh, it's, it takes itself very seriously, and then it's almost as if it's being produced for kids, and it's uh, um, it sort of takes you outside of the story. Like like uh, was, why is the Doctor screaming in space? That can't happen. <laughs> you can't hear anybody <laughs> scream in space. Um, I'm not going to let that one go. Um, Back to the I think it's time to let that go. All right. <laughs> You'd accept a, ty- a Tyrannosaurus Rex in London. Yeah, but you can't the TARDIS stuck in his throat. Come on. The TARDIS moves through time and space. <laughs> and the TARDIS is not going to kill an edible. If it's stuck in his throat, just teleport out. Move through time and space. Anyway, move on. <laughs> no. Anyway. So the first episode is basically all about Peter Capaldi coming to terms with his... The Doctor coming to terms with being a new, regenerated being. Um, There's some 
some fun lines where he uh, comes out of the TARDIS. He goes, oh, the green one and the other one. And then he gets everybody's names mixed up and genders mixed up and can't understand people because they're speaking with an English accent and he's Scottish. <laughs> I do like the Scottish accent. Yeah. I do love that he kept the Scottish accent. I think that's really cool. Uh, episode two brings the Daleks back. That won't be a surprise to anyone because it'll be in the promo. Uh, and the Doctor comes across what a good Dalek. And they, they do a a fantastic voyage thing where they have to <laughs> shrink him down to go inside the Dalek. I just want to point out that when they revealed that, that plot point, I actually got up and left the room. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was kind of fun. Um, episode two reveals a new love interest for Clara, so the focus is taken off the Doctor there. I uh, won't tell you the love interest's name yet. Because I will. See <laughs> I just gotta, look, I'm just going to jump in. I'm just going to interject. I'm sorry. But the love interest's name... He's a pretty cool dude. He's a uh, soldier who's working at, at Clara's school, but his name is Mr. Pink. Now, although that there's nothing, per- there's perfectly nothing wrong with that name, but pop culture, the connotation of the name Mr. Pink, is so heavily ingrained in pop culture due to Reservoir Dogs that the second that that name is mentioned, I started laughing like an idiot, and I just couldn't take the rest of it seriously. So this uh, this yeah. unfortunate this poor character who actually seems like a pretty cool dude, it seems like a cool character. I just, I can't see him on the screen now because every single time I just replay that scene from Reservoir Dogs and I just, it's, it's just, I just think it's a, a major misstep. Like, why would they do that knowing that pop culture has that reference? I, I just don't understand. I just don't I, did, I didn't get it and yeah, I couldn't understand why you were laughing like yeah, a loon. It's like, it's like swing away in signs. Yeah. Like, I, it's going to be something at the very end. It's, Pink, well, that's what, that's, what I, that's what I thought. I mean, they actually do, they actually do reference that later on because this, uh, one, another character they mean has another colour as a name. I think it's blue. blue. Yeah, and... Oh, yeah, surely, it's totally going to happen. Yeah, but surely, though, they don't... <laughs> surely they didn't They didn't give him that ridiculous name knowing that what, what that pop culture... You know the, the the society that we exist in, knowing that that name means something relevant, surely they wouldn't do that just to have that one sort of line later on I in the episode that means feeling, nothing. I, I think it might be an overarching plot point over the season because surely that can't be the payoff when she meets another character later and said, "Oh, that's funny, your name's Blue because I just met a man named Pink." I think there might be yeah. some underlying thing there. Um, Let's uh, hope so because naming for, him that yeah, is sure. just I'm, stupid. I'm positive, and it we've is, already. Man. It has to be. We've already seen the obvious overarching um, storyline where the um, in the first episode the robot uh, ends up in this place with this mysterious woman. This yeah, mis- what was that all about? Well, at first I well, thought she, calls she the place might heaven. Yeah, at first I thought she might be the TARDIS. Yeah, that's a good. That, that's but a good I'm theory. not so sure because um, I don't know if it's spoiling it, but you, you, she does come up in the second episode. Uh, it's in the same place. They're, they're building up to something, I, I would say, yeah. like the season finale with this. Yeah, I don't want to say my theory because Bo hasn't seen the episode, but it's. Mm. I mean, we, we do. We I, I do sort of have a sort of a theory to it, but uh, but I don't know. I'm not that interested to be. They're honest all with. dead. They're all dead in the end. Is what it is. <laughs> the <whole time laughs> it's lost. Dead, they're all dead. <laughs> the next the next person that shows up will be a polar bear. Right, so um, <laughs> I'm not going to give a rating. I don't think you can rate like the first part of a series. I'm not going to give a rating, but I'll just surely you can rate each individual episode. Individual episode. Oh well, well okay. If I'm going to rate individual episodes, I'll give the first one maybe a three and a half. The second one a two because I didn't find the story all that engaging it was a bit more same old same old but there's it, it lifted it a bit with still um, the Doctor's character coming to terms with himself and who he is and 
exploring his relationship with Clara and the universe in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Three, cool. three, three and a half and a two. Awesome. As our regular listeners will know, I'm not a fan of New Who. It just doesn't do it for me. I am I'm very glad that they've got an actor of, of the, the skill of Peter Capaldi because uh, I think he'll do good and I've, I've liked what he's done so far. Yeah. I do like that the fact that they've gotten rid of the whole ro- romance aspect of it because that was the one thing that just really dragged down the show. Um, so that's good. So now they've gone more to sort of back to sort of hearkening more to the sort of William Hartnell sort of sort of style, whereas well, the sort of the father daughter relationship. I don't know good. if it's intentional, but I do see aspects of the other doctors popping up in him. Though he does get a bit, get a bit Tom Bakerish at times, and yeah, yeah. I'd, so well, that's Peter, good. he's supposedly like a really big fan, like a childhood fan. Yeah, he's he's, he's been yeah he's a fan, fan all his life. So it's good. And it'll be, it'll be it'll be good it's good to see a different take, a, a, a non romance take. I do like that. I've already mentioned my Mister Pig thing, which is just ridiculous. Um, but I, mean, I think I've, you're overreacting a like, little. They could have done any yeah. other name, but no, it's just no good. But uh, but overall, yeah. You know, it's hard to rate the first episode with any new Doctor because you're always kind of like you, you kind of don't know where you stand on the Doctor in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Like it feels weird because it's got to be weird for the actors. Think about he's trying to act like Peter Capaldi as Doctor, but he also wants to harken back the other. 12 doctors Mm. um and so it's as an actor it's got to be like the hardest role in the universe to play um and it sometimes it always feels like a little forced when you watch the first episode of a new doctor because you're watching peter capaldi try to play matt smith you know and then Mm. and then as he develops his own character then you start seeing the true you know peter capaldi doctor um so it's good i don't know it's yep. good. That's a good point. And also, when you go back and watch it later on, you're not watching it with the anticipation of what's this going to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some good points, Mr. Pink. Now, moving on to my review, and I'll be reviewing the uh, the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Here is in a half show. Oh, God. You watched that? <laughs> I did watch that. I was going to do Sin City too, but you took that. But uh, now, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, there's there's not a lot to say. It's uh, it's from Michael Bay Productions. Uh, it stars Megan Fox and uh, Will Arnett as the humans, and of course you've got the people that play the turtles themselves. Um, it's is it's, that how they're credited as the humans? As the humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's from uh, Michael Babe's uh, production company. He doesn't direct the film, but he is he is sort of involved in it. And it's very Michael Bayish. You know, it's got explosions, it's got you know slow mo, action sequences, all that sort of stuff. It does do that, all that sort of stuff. It tries to it try it does actually try to sort of be ter- the the turtles that we all know and love. And let's face it, the turtles that we that we that pop culture knows are the eighties cartoon slash movie turtles Um, and even they were different to the original comic versions of the turtles so there was you know there was controversy when they did that from the original comics and you know they survived it and now everybody loves the i mean the first turtle movie let's let's be honest it's not very good but i love it and you know the cartoon was awesome and uh, so now there was a bit of controversy when they tried to do this this film as well some of it deserved uh they were going to change the origins to be extraterrestrials instead of you know what we all know um and actually and once of course pop uh, the internet exploded in outrage they they took that subplot out of the film but they do leave a couple of references to it which I actually found was quite 
which is quite funny. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. the fact that they actually are willing to pick on themselves within their own film. I thought was was pretty inventive. That's one of the um, things you liked about the cartoon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's, I mean, it's, they basically uh, when they when they see the turtles for the first time, uh, they somebody says, "Oh, you know, are they are they aliens?" And Megan Fox's character April O'Neil, and she says, "Aliens? That's that's stupid idea." Which I thought was, you know, I thought it was quite quite funny. Um, but they, it is. I do need to point out though that the canister in the original movies, the canister of ooze, you know, the ooze that transforms the turtles is actually extraterrestrial in origin. If you pay attention to the creators of the of the turtles, so being extraterrestrial really wasn't that much of a stretch. But they got rid of that subplot, and uh, the turtles, you know, are a product in the in this film are a product of genetic manipulation. So there, uh, there's a. Uh, a serum that they're testing on the on the turtles and on Splinter the Rat, which then eventually mutates them into what they are, and uh, becomes basically the MacGuffin for the rest of the film. It's like so the bad guys want they've lost all the research, and so they want the the secret of that serum, and the only way they can get it is from the blood of the turtles and from and Splinter. So that's you know basically that's basically the entire plot really. The action scenes are, you know, kind of pedestrian, i got to tell you, as, uh, except for, of course, the going down the mountainside sequence. So the scene that, that is actually quite cool, except for its incredible overuse of slow-mo. It's like, come on. It just doesn't need to be it just doesn't need to be that much. Michael Bay probably writes it into the contract. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, but most of it was pretty cool. The banter was it was was uh, was pretty groovy. It's caught a it's copped a lot of flack this film and and to be honest with you, I just I don't really see why. I mean it's it's no Oscar winning performance by any means, but it's not it's not awful. You know, it is it it's it's pure entertainment and that's, you know, basically what it tries to be. Uh, but that being said, at the end of the day I, I forgot. I mean, by, by the time I finished watching it, I instantly forgot it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I wish I could do that. <laughs> it was it was pretty weird. I mean, I didn't walk out thinking, "Oh wow, that was rad." I just I was like, I moved, <laughs> <Red>. I moved, <laughs> "Radical rad, <laughs> cowabunga, cowabunga, dude." Raph actually does say cowabunga in it, which is hilarious. Um, so yeah, but yeah, but like I said, I just it was just it was forgettable popcorn type stuff, stuff, and you know, and it doesn't pretend to be anything else, so that's fine. If I could have a superpower, that would be it to immediately forget something I've just seen. That would be cool. Really? <laughs> just wait till you get older, and then that'll start happening. <laughs> what was I doing again? <laughs> What's your name? What was that? Who are you? Dementia is not a superpower. I got to point that out. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, rating. Uh, I'll go with I don't know two. Yeah, I think I think that's being generous, but it really isn't that bad. Half a point for each half show. Oh, that was terrible, but I'm going to kick that in. <laughs> Will and its character does have uh, does mention that. Here is it a half show. And April just looks at him like, what? <laughs> Plus, Megan Fox, hot. So, worth it. Uh, yes, turtle power. That would have been cool. Oh, just one more thing I was going to point out. Shredder's suit looks ridiculous. But... Uh, is it Shredder or Splinter? <laughs> no, Shredder is the bad guy. Splinter's the, oh, the rat, their okay. father. Oh, okay. I don't remember much about it except watching it in the 80s on the, the cartoons. That's all I remember. So I thought you got the name wrong, and then I thought maybe they changed the name. And then when you said the other day, I thought... You thought I got the name wrong. Look who you're talking to. <laughs> Do you remember in uh, one of the movies they showed Splinter as a mouse, and he's, like, practicing karate? Yeah. Like, as a little mouse? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. It does look ridiculous. <laughs> look, let's be honest. The original '80s films. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's where they're heavy on nostalgia, and you know, and people love them. And I quite enjoy the first Turtles film for what it is, but it got 
more ridiculous as time went on. I didn't enjoy the film at all. I thought it was quite... Having live-action turtles seemed ridiculous. It made more sense in a cartoon because <laughs> it's, cartoons are supposed to be ridiculous. That's true. The suits do look ridiculous, but they do... But, they, you know, they've got, they're kind of cool. They made an effort. Okay, let's move on before we embarrass ourselves. If they went to uh, Comic-Con in those suits, they would not even get first prize. <laughs> cool. So that's it for our reviews. Let's move on to Contest of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, so Contest of Champions. For this edition, now, uh, episode 106, which uh, Bo wasn't on, as we said at the start, uh, was Connor McLeod, the Highlander, uh, versus Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. And uh, that was a bit of fun. Did we get any feedback about the, the controversial decision at the end there? We did not. We must have done well. We must have done well. Well, we, we said, well, basically we said that the reason that Connor originally thought that Aragorn wasn't immortal and so was going after him and then realised that he wasn't when Aragorn's wounds weren't healing. Um, so that it all, all made perfect sense. I think we actually got it spot on. Yeah, I, know, I was quite pleased with that result. It's the so, first draw in the history of the show. It was the, the very first draw because okay, it was, our, it was it was our first draw. But I don't know if you listened to the show, but uh, basically um, Connor realizes that Aragorn's not an immortal, and so therefore is not his enemy. And Aragorn was just basically just trying to defend himself for the entire time, and <laughs> and uh, and and they basically realize that they're fighting for no reason, so they go off to the local inn and, and have a beer controversial because like we've had other situations where um i've kind of thought well these people would never fight <laughs> Which is, they, so they, i don't know why it worked this time it had it had they they did fight but it turns out in the end that they were they just you know just wanted to have a beer we didn't have them mind controlled or anything this no time. they weren't mind controlled <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the, the only time i ever actually got annoyed in a contest of champions i must admit was our very first one was spidey versus wolvie and it's like, I'm just, yeah. but Spidey would just not try and kill him. It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I was outvoted, so, you know, what can I do? Anyway, so that for our... Uh, we made the rules. That's right. Now for our follow-up Connors of Champions, we're going to have Connors' mortal enemy, the Kurgan, uh, also from Highlander, obviously. And because uh, I, I, I struggled to think of, of an opponent that could actually take on the Kurgan. I was going to go with a Lord of the Rings character to sort of keep the sort of the thing going on. So, yeah. So, so I thought, so I thought since Bo, I knew Bo was returning, I was tri- he's Bo's triumphant return for this episode. I'd do uh, a Star Trek character and who else could possibly do it but Worf. It had to be done. Yes. So Kurgan versus Worf. Today is a good day to die. Now, what I'm going to do is... Uh, now, it's it's funny. There's there's an episode in Star Trek where Worf's in this, the danger room. What's <laughs> not the danger room. What's it called? The danger room. <laughs> the holodeck. The holodeck. The holodeck. Which is basically the danger room. And... Uh, <laughs> Hand in your nerd card. I know. That's pretty bad. <laughs> nobody, nobody would get it backwards in that direction. I know. That was pretty... People would get it backwards the other direction. I'm ashamed like, that I said that. But as, as <laughs> to keep my integrity, I'm going to keep that in the show. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, anyway, so he's, he's on the uh, the holodeck and he's fighting these you know bad guys and and Riker walks in and and they have a chat. Do you remember that episode, Bo? It's hilarious. And uh, he, like he ramps up the the level and Riker's like fighting with him and stuff. And 
Yeah, yeah, I just saw that one the other yeah. day, actually. It's, yeah. it's funny. And then Worf goes into Berserker Rage mode and starts to attack Riker. And Riker's like, what the hell? <laughs> it's really cool. But uh, it's just, it's just so one, how, one on the side. Calisthenics. Yeah, calisthenics, yeah. <laughs> one of the bad guys that Worf is fighting in that episode has got a skull face. And just a, so a bit of a trivia tidbit for you, yeah. that skull face mask is actually the actual mask that they use in the film Masters of the Universe, Skeletor. the Skeletor. No way. So, totally true. So oh, the power of Grayskull. <laughs> I always thought that was a weird... I Like, seriously, like, I've always thought that was such a weird alien. <laughs> they've, never had, they've never had an alien that just had a skull head. Just a skull head. Because, yeah. because it, it goes against the whole Star Trek principle where everything is kind of plausible. Because hmm. if you just had a skull and no flesh, you wouldn't live. So, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not plausible in the Star Trek universe. I guess it was on the holodeck, though. They could have had anything you wanted. Yeah, maybe you just said monsters. Yeah. Maybe it's meant to represent a clean on mythological creature or something. Mm-hmm. There you go. We've just added to the Star Trek mythos. Write it into very, canon. Very like, yeah. But anyway, so so and uh, and it struck me because Kurgan, uh, if you if anybody wants to have a quick Google of, Kur- of what Kurgan looks like, for anybody who doesn't know, his outfit when he first meets Connor is a skull face helmet. He just looks mad. His oh, armor oh, looks oh, magnificent. Oh. Um, if they ever represent that in Warcraft, I would be mogging for that straight away. So uh, so what I'm thinking is that uh, totally for that. Sorry. I said, I'm totally mogging for that, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm mogging. <laughs> just invented a new word. I'm just mogging at the bits. <laughs> <laughs> Silent Jew. <laughs> I'll press my button that t- takes all the internet out of your town again. It was me. <laughs> Big red button. My diabolical plan. Anyway, so, so what I'm going to do for the scenario for this is Worf is on the uh, holodeck. He's doing his calisthenics. And uh, the hol- and he says to him, so it's a, a Worf says to the to the holodeck, similar to what Data does, uh, is give me an opponent who could actually give me a run for my money. So you know, like Data does for that Sherlock Holmes episode. So mm-hmm. so okay, so Worf says, give me an opponent that could actually give me a challenge. What, actually, I, I, I desire a challenge. Yes, it's worthy of my challenge. Worthy. <laughs> I tried to. That's my best Worf. <laughs> best Worf sound. Anyway, that was terrible. <laughs> Just getting the shake of the head, and uh, so sure, so sure enough, the the battle deck uh, manifests Kurgan, and then Worf because he's a crazy mofo. Can I say that? <laughs> he's a crazy, crazy mofo. He disables the safeties. Ooh. Oh, safeties off. Worf's got his batleth. Kurgan is as he is from the Highlander films. So Kurgan has a sword then. So Kurgan has a massive two-headed sword. Like, I think it's a claymore. That scene where he gets Connor is just so, he's just standing there, he just like <laughs> They do have a bit of a fight, but there's but you're right, just the just the casualness of the way he just goes eh. <laughs> <laughs> So to give uh, so to give a bit a bit of a back a bit of uh, more background before we start, sorry I did I did forget that too. we said we would give a bit of background. So everybody knows who Worf is, Klingon Warrior. He's he's brilliant at what he does. He's like a Batleth champion. The Batleth is the name of his weapon. He's a two-handed axe sword thing. Um, of course, you would use it as if it were an extension of your body yes. and not a weapon. Oh, yeah, exactly right. Oh, Bo, he's all over this one. Um, you know, so, yeah, Worf, everyone knows who he is. Kurgan, for those of you who don't know, and uh, not mentioned any names, but there's actually somebody on this crew who doesn't know. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, he's a six six foot six, I think, uh, warrior from he was, from the medieval times. yeah medieval medieval times. He's actually he's, he was born on uh, this the sort of the edges of what is now called Russia. Um, 
and uh, he had his first death. For, so for those who know the the Highlander lore, you die when you die the first time. You then actually then become immortal, like you come back to life, and you're now immortal from that point. He that happens in in ninety nine hundred and sixty AD. Uh, so he um, he he basically it's, he, he goes around and you know kills all the other immortals, which is what all the immortals are meant to do in order to win the prize. Because there can be only one. That's, that's right, and uh, he's the best at it. Essentially, he basically is the ultimate bad guy. The Kogan is just all about just getting there and just winning. The Kurgan's gone as, a bit as crazy as over time. Well, I think he was crazy to begin with, let's be honest. Well, but we've still not had to by the time we see him start with. So yeah. He's gone a bit... That's true. Uh, cool. So, yeah, like I said, let's get to it. The Kurgan, uh, because the Kurgan being who he is, he's going to attack first. Worf's sort of still circling with his arms out in that crouchy way that he does. <laughs> well, he's got a bat left. Yeah. He's doing that, that twirly thing that he does with the bat left. I love when he twirls yeah. the bat left around. That's cool. All right, what do you what do you what do you guys reckon? Kurgan attacks first. Oh, man, I mean, berserker rage. Kurgan's in an instant berserker rage. Wolf's logical. At this point, he doesn't. Get, well, it takes a bit for Wolf to go berserker. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that Riker walks in halfway through and said, so "Wolf goes berserker." <laughs> Wolf just kills Riker. And <laughs> <laughs> just casually kills Riker and keeps going. <laughs> I was joking, but I want that in the fight. <laughs> Picard's like number one. <laughs> This is a really hard one because they are so matched. They're so similar. Hmm. Like, uh, I definitely think that Worf, yeah. he, could, he could block Kurgan's uh, big-ass sword with his batleth, but... You reckon? You know, Kurgan, like, it's a huge two-handed claymore. I mean, this is Worf. <laughs> <laughs> Worf's sword's probably made with gold-pressed latinum or something ridiculous. <laughs> gold-pressed latinum. <laughs> Forged um, in, the, in the fires of... KLS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> And uh, I think he could block it, but but I but I also think that as far as being skilled fighters, they're equally as skilled, right? Like, who would you say is just better in as far as like skill stats? You know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'd, I'd say Kurgan is he's got the edge in terms of strength and uh, you know sword fighting, brute force, but brute just brute force. Whereas Wolf would is, have a bit more finesse. Yeah, he's, he's a bit more finesse. Actually, actually, that's the thing. I don't think he would necessarily uh, block any of the sword's attacks. I think he'd be more parrying, sort of deflection and stuff. I just don't think yeah. a Batleth would be able to survive a, a Claymore with Kurgan's strength behind it, going at it straight at it. I just don't think it... In in every fight that I've seen, you see two Batleths going at it, and that's fine. But just, a Claymore is... <laughs> Batleth on Batleth action's okay. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm, not ra- I'm not racist or sexist, and... Uh, Batleth, Batleth on Batleth. It's you know, it's your business. If you, if you it's that's fine. <laughs> the claymore is is very old technology. It's a Batleth is from yeah, yeah, two centuries of the future. But it's, it's yeah, it's two centuries of in the future. But it's forged using very old technology methods. Yeah, but they might be using weird Klingon metals that are stronger than Earth metals. Oh, I like that. Weird Klingon metals that. Oh no, I do like that. We'll go with that. All right, you can straight up, you can block it. You've convinced me. Two versus one. I'm go. I'm good with that. So yeah, so so Wolf's got the, the got the the edge in terms of finesse, like Crystal said, and he can you know he can block, he can parry, he can dodge. Most importantly, he can dodge. So in yeah. terms, of, so I think in in terms of that, he'd be he used. He may dodge because that would you know that might tire Kurgan out. Yeah. Mm. So you think he'd go for the more for sort of cur- for the to tiring him out? I do like that. Yeah, because Kurgan's more. Hit, hit, punch, punch, thrust, thrust. Yeah. So the Kurgan would just go into it. He'd be like sword, sword, just hacking away. 
you know, a kick every now and again, a headbutt. He's not adverse to a headbutt and stuff like that. But neither's Worf. Worf can Worf no. can do a headbutt in combat and stuff yeah, like that. He's got yeah, the ridges. Worf's headbutt would hurt a lot more. Yeah. yeah well, Keith Kurgan's wearing yeah. a hell uh, a skull hat. Yeah. That's true. He's got his skull helmet. That's true. God, I would love to see this on the screen. <laughs> this would just yeah, be brilliant. I, I really don't know how. I really don't know how this would would play out. Like, I don't know where to go next. I've stumped you. So yeah. I, I, I sort of the way I sort of picture this in my head is is Worf sort of dodges instead of just outright blocking unless he absolutely has to he'd be more sort of dodging the attacks and you know and uh, just thinking look this guy's got no finesse at all this guy's just pure rage and then yeah and then just and sort of snicking him every now and again so he basically hit him with the you know as he he'd sort of dodge and sort of slice dodge slice dodge slice that sort of yeah. stuff sort of waiting for his opening. But Wolf doesn't know that he has to chop his head off. Yeah, so that's but a good thing. Wolf's yeah, not a best yeah, at chopping people's that heads off. That would be the first thing he would try either. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool. So, yeah, so he doesn't know he has to chop his head off in order to win. But he'd figure that out. Wolf's no idiot. So I'm thinking while he's doing the dodge and sort of like the slicing, he'll see that the slicing starts to, over time, the slicing will start to heal. Like the cuts yeah. will start to heal. And he's like, yeah. you know, what's up? What's up with this? <laughs> this is, is, you know, what's going on here? Oh, I've had enough of this. I'm going for the head. And I just, and I really, I've just got this, I've got this, oh, he's, I'm going for the head. <laughs> Let's move on quickly. Um, I just got this one image in my brain that is, I just, I, when I first thought of this fight, it's just, I must, this must occur in this fight, is the Kurgan go, you know, just in, bellows in rage, goes for a two-handed overhand strike, Worf dodges out of the way, and then just two-handed sinks the Batleth in the back of Kurgan's head. Yeah, I was thinking that. That wouldn't kill him, though. Another thing that could happen in, in this way. fight is uh, if Kurgan were to stab Worf in the heart. Ooh. He's got two hearts. But anyway, but think about it. Like a two-handed claymore, though, that, that's massive physical damage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you get stabbed with one of those, you're not getting back up anytime soon. I don't care if you, who you are. It's enough to take Connor out in one if hit. If you're Worf, if you're Worf, you might. Even Worf, I don't know. I don't think Worf could survive a claymore through the chest. I mean, Worf gets taken out by a quite obvious polystyrene canister that falls off of, of a railing. I don't think it's been deep polystyrene. It's clearly polystyrene. <laughs> you know which episode I'm talking that. about where that canister falls off and hits him in the back and breaks his back and he's like, oh, I can't go on living... That sort of business. I mean, come on, a ca- claymore for the chest. He's not getting up. I think. Um, I think that they're too evenly matched. But I, I do. I do like. I do like you thinking though that it wouldn't actually kill him outright. So let's go with this. Right, this is how I think we're going to end it off because it's too evenly matched. Is it's way too evenly matched. It's way yeah. too. All right. So Kurgan does actually manage to stab him through the chest and takes out one of his hearts. But like you said, he's got redundant systems. So Worf, fall, you know, Worf's fall you know falls back he's got a sword through his chest Kurgan uh, as Kurgan leans forward to pull the sword out Worf chops his head off with the battler that's what I was thinking yeah done because he thinks he's dead he thinks he's he's like celebrating his you know he's like oh I killed this bastard and then yeah yeah yep. <laughs> nice sound effect oh, that, was, that was very cool <laughs> I'm not going to ask you how you managed to pull that up but that's right <laughs> cool alright well then are we all in agreement yes we're all in agreement. Worf is the winner. Worf is is drastically wounded. I mean, we're talking straight to the medical bay, but uh, he does in fact win. Yeah, he's immediately next move is he hits the com badge. Worf to sick bay. Yeah, <laughs> for the love of God, help me! I'm bleeding everywhere. 
<laughs> Actually, that's when Rocket. That's when Rocket comes in. He's like, "What's going on?" And then Rocket yeah, Rocket just barges in. <laughs> just Rocket barges doesn't in. know how to knock. <laughs> he doesn't know how to knock, but he's number one. He doesn't have to knock. <laughs> so that's victory for Wolf. So uh, if, if you uh, agree or disagree, please let us know. We Kapla. um. Kapla. Kapla. <laughs> but. Uh, Kapla. So that was yeah, that was better. So he's got the he's got the cold voice, so it works. He's got yeah, the Klingon. It actually cold. helps. Yeah. You can do some war stuff. He's got the Klingon loogie. But uh, the Klingon loogie. Loogie. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. So let us know. We do. I mean, was um, our, our feedbacks dwindled off a little bit uh, in recent days? I must say, I'm disappointed in your fans. Uh, NCP. Get on the ball, guys. NCP crew. Uh, you know, let us let us know. And uh, I mean, like, like we said, nobody got back to us on. Connor versus uh, Aragorn. So, in effect, I, I take that as we got it right, though, because the feedback seems to be when we get it wrong. You know, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Anyway, well, if you, know, if you agree or disagree, let us know. And uh, if you've got any matchups that uh, you uh, want to see in the future, let me know as well, because sometimes I struggle coming up with, with We're ideas. We're looking for a partner for Gowron if anyone's got any ideas. Yeah, that's a good one. We want, I was like, yeah, I was like I said at the start, I was, I was going to use Gowron, but he wouldn't stand a chance. So, uh, but Gowron being awesome, you've got someone we think Gowron could actually, you know, have an even fight with. Let us know. Cisco. Cisco. <laughs> Garrod versus they, hey, I'd, I'd do that. That's actually that's a good one. Garrod versus Cisco. That'd be a fight. Harry Kim versus a triple. Because <laughs> let's face it, he sucked. Oh, we saw the we saw uh, seven versus Dwayne Johnson. That Did happened we? in Voyager. Oh yeah, that's right. Seven versus yeah, he played he played it he played it the Rock. He was a space wrestler or something. Cool. So that was contest of champions. Let's move on to our top fives. For this iteration of top five, uh, I, I turned to Crystal and asked her which one she wanted to do, and she wanted to do buddy movies. So if you don't like this topic, it's her fault. Hey, it was from a lot of a list of stuff that you chose. I don't know, I've got like a four-page list of top five. So initially five. you chose it, so, uh, so the, therefore it's my fault. the bucket stops at you. <laughs> but we're actually going to start with Crystal. No particular order, my top five uh, buddy films, Lethal Weapon. Cool. It was, I just think That's it's, definitely a good one. It's so Murtaugh and Riggs? Yeah, Murtaugh and Riggs. How do you actually pronounce that name? Murtaugh? Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Or just say Glover and Gibson. Yeah, Glover and Gibson. They're easy. We use those. Back before we knew Mel was crazy. Well, we knew he was crazy, but back before we knew he was really crazy. That's a bit rude. Well, he's a bit rude. I don't think he's crazy. But he's a bit offensive. He's a man days. with a, he's a man with opinions. There's a lot of two. Keep those opinions to yourself. Yeah. Yes, yes. He uh, does well in Expendables three. Let's just say that. Australia's own. Australia's own Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to claim him? Really? We do want to claim him. He was born him. in the US. He was born in the United States, but yeah, he moved here when he was like three or something. So he's ours now. I'm just I'm just putting Lethal Weapon one in there. But you could probably include all the Lethal Weapon films in that one. Oh, do we have to include four? Maybe not. <laughs> Moving on. But, um, I mean, I'm including it for the, the buddy aspect of it. So the relationship between Riggs and Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs> Riggs and Danny Glover. What's Myrtle's first name? I have no idea. I don't know. Anyway, the relationship between those two in the film is probably the, the first buddy film I ever really got into um, as a kid. It's just, it's just works so well. And it's, it's, I think it's sort of kind of set the standard, whereas at the, at the start the... One character doesn't really like the other character, but they grow to really love each other by the end of the film. Yeah, it's become action movie cliche. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, the it's buddy the buddy cop. That's like the premise. You yeah, know? yeah. 
And uh, I don't remember which film it's from, but I love the scene where Mert- Danny Glover gets blown up on the toilet. Harkens <laughs> back to the MASH episode. Kaboom! Yeah. <laughs> and the next on my list was the Blues Brothers. Um, this is probably... They, they don't start out one not so much like any other. It's, it's the same sort of relationship all the way through because obviously they're, they're brothers. They've known each other all their lives. Know, love and respect each other and... and have that sort of relationship where they don't really have to say much to each other because they just can just work together and, and, and know what each other's going to do. John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, what two better people could you get for a film, really? Mm. <laughs> Hot Fuzz, next on my list. Um, the relationship between Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's characters. At the start of the film didn't quite make sense to me because if he's too good, wouldn't you want to keep him around? Yeah. But they ship him off anyway, and so uh, and yeah, he ends up making friends with the next Frost character, and it's just it's just a, a fun film, and I just I love how Bill Bailey turns up as two completely different characters. Yeah. Nobody tells me nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Uh, Men in Black again, one of those relationships where the uh, it starts off they don't really like each other at the start, and uh, it's hard to say with Kay whether he likes him at the end, but I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, and to Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith seem to have a real on-screen chemistry. Uh, works quite well. Oh, a lot of people dismiss Men in Black, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, I even mm. I even enjoyed Men in Black, Black Three. I know a lot of people said it wasn't as good as a lot of the first ones, and you know it wasn't really a great film. But I thought it was a lot of fun. It was definitely better than two. I can't and remember two. With rewatch, like I rewatched those movies recently, and they are a lot better than I gave them credit for. They're yeah. pretty. They're not that bad. They're pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah I, I love. I love one and uh, two's awful, and three's you know, not as good as one, but better than two. I do love that there's a giant poster of the dog, and he's bad. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> no, no real reason at all. <laughs> what are you looking at? And um, number five on my list: uh, Midnight Run with um, Charles Grodin and. I love how you get Charles Grodin right, but then... I forgot Robert De Niro. Oh, Robert my God. Robert De Niro. The legend. <laughs> the shame. <laughs> the shame. Um, uh, Charles Grodin's character uh, is some sort of finance person for the mob. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, he, and he falls foul of the law, and Robert De Niro's character is a bounty hunter and has to bring him back to justice. And yeah. He actually falls foul of the, of the mob, like he rips off the mob. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and so hilarity ensues. Yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely brilliant film. It's I highly recommend it. Really good Midnight film. Midnight Run, check it out. It's one of the films, one of the few films I have in my little collection. Most of my collection is TV shows. I have very few films. And when I do have a film, it's got to be collection worthy. Unlike David, who just buys anything. That's true. Cheap. <laughs> I, do, I do buy some rubbish. What I'm saying is, if it's in my collection, then I think it's a fairly good film. And it is. And I had a couple of runners-up because they weren't really films, but I just thought I'd chuck them in there. Sherlock, the English version with Benedict Cumberbatch and um, mm. Martin Freeman. Really good uh, buddy relationship there. And True Detective with um, Woody Harrelson and, and Matthew McConaughey in his reconnaissance period. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There's my top five with a couple of bonus extras. Well done. Nice. Very, very good choices. And you'll see when we get to mine just how much I approve of your choices. <laughs> So next up, we've got Yumbo. All right, so I've got five. I'm going to try to put them in order. Number five. Drum roll, please. Saving Silverman. Okay. Saving Silverman is about three buddies, really. Yeah. But in the movie, you see the kind of two side buddies 
You know, they're kind of a buddy buddies. pair. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like, sounds like side boob. <laughs> Jack Black and uh, and I forget the other guy, but they're they're kind of doing the they're they're doing all the stuff to try to get Silverman to come back and hang out with them. Yeah. But they're it's kind of a buddy story in itself between those two. Yeah. Um. All right. Number four. Um. This is kind of a cheat because it's two movies, but it might as well be one movie. Um. Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Yeah. I felt like uh, those movies came out like at the same time, mm-hmm. and uh, when I think about scenes. Uh, from one, I always think about scenes from the other. They're pretty much the same movie. Yeah, fair uh, enough. You just have to think, are they selling brake pads or are they hiding in the cabin in the woods? Um, <laughs> and then you can figure out which movie is which. But beyond that, they're the same movie. Uh, number four, Mallrats. Uh, oh, sorry, oh, good choice. Yeah, Mallrats is a really good buddy movie. Um, not only the two main characters, you know, they... Not only are they buddies throughout the whole movie, but they kind of reference uh, things in other um, Kevin Smith movies, and it just kind of shows like a history that they've had, you know, growing up in this town and everything. Um, and which brings me to number two, uh, Clerks. Of course, Clerks is a buddy movie between Randall and Dante. Yeah, and uh, the same scenario. They kind of reference the same things as as from Mallrats yeah. because all those movies do that. I and got it so we could watch then, it together. <laughs> Yeah, and so number one, yep, buddy movie, and I, and I wanted to pick one that I thought would not show up on anybody's buddy list, and I think from dusk till dawn is <laughs> my number one buddy movie of all time. <laughs> really? I mean, they're actually brothers, not yep. necessarily yep. buds, yep. but they're buds. Yep. Um, one's a bit crazier than the other. They're a both bit crazy. crazier. Yeah, he's actually a, he's actually <laughs> isn't he actually legitimately a psychopath? Quintus Tarantino's character. He's possessed by the uh, by the snake goddess lady. Yeah, but before that, before that, they're on the run because he's like a serial killer or something. It's pretty cool, though. Pretty cool. I think that's my number one. Cool. Good list. Let's uh, move on to my one just to finish up. Uh, like I said, <laughs> joking around with Crystal before, a lot of mine, we've got similarities here, which is good because that's why we got married. Because we agree on things. We got married because of the Blues Brothers. We got married because we agreed on buddy movies. <laughs> That was part of my uh, my wedding speech. Yeah, Blues Brothers themed wedding. So mine are, mine are actually rated number five. I'm going to start from the bottom. Number five, I've got Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in Stir Crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's just it's it's a hilarious film, and I just the, the two of them they they appear in a, a number of films together, and very talented uh, their chemistry is 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 spot on, and uh, they're both very talented comedians, and and I just I love it a lot. Just, that movie is just hilarious, especially the the year on bad bit at the jail. It's just hilarious. At uh, number four, I've got Will Farrell and Mark Wahlberg and the other guys. Um, I'm a big fan of the other guys. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, 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 I find it quite hilarious. That is a good one. Especially yeah, their, mainly, mainly because of their interaction. The rest of the, the, the movie itself goes sort of downhill about halfway through, but their interaction is just brilliant. Especially, I just, I, I can't stress it enough. The scene where they're talking about lines versus tuna. It's just comedy genius. You just you've got to see it to believe it. I do like it when Marky Mark meets Will Ferrell's wife for the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, I've got Mel Gibson and Danny Glover in *Lethal Weapon*. Enough said about that. Is I mean, it is it sets the set the standard, and uh, *Lethal Weapon's awesome. Hey, Mo. And the two of them together is just great. Uh, at number two, I've got also John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and the Blues Brothers for for everything that Chris has already said. It is absolutely magnificent stuff. And my number one, as I'm sure you've already guessed, is Robert De Niro 
and Charles Grodin in Midnight Run. It is, it's a five out of five film. It is absolutely brilliant. It's, it's got everything you want. Drama, comedy, heart. It's, it's got it all. It's, it, you really have to see it. And I've, got a, I've actually got quite a few of uh, runners-up, so very, very quickly, I'll, I'll just agree because I'm through, I'm through it. Dante and Randall in, the cl- in Clerks, because I can't remember their real names. <laughs> Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon in The Trip. Oh, yes. Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in Hot Fuzz. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. Steve Martin and John Candy in Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Hilarious. Tony, Curtin's, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon in Some Like It Hot. Uh, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell in Tango and Cash, which is a terrible film, but I love I it. I almost put that on my list. <laughs> and uh, last but certainly not least, which I watched again yesterday just because I just love it so much, uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum in 21 Jump Street. <laughs> I don't love that one as much. <laughs> the film's not that good, but the, the two of them interacting is just hilarious. The cameos are great. Yeah, it's just... cool. So yeah, so that was a that was a fun one. I like that was glad it was a good choice, love. Off, off my list. Good choice off your list. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So let's just uh, let's move on to because it's getting let's get, times moving on. It's uh, as a Rothian times. It wasn't it wasn't the same like uh, the uh, episode one zero six as a Rothian times without you, but I basically just said two things. We moved on. It's the shortest as a Rothian times we've ever done. Literally about five seconds. It was seriously five seconds. <laughs> I think all I said was I'm still mogging and I'm running old dungeons <laughs> and I still don't have a dark moon eye and I still don't understand a word you said <laughs> so uh, so that being said this Azerothian Times is uh, is a return for for Yun Bo gets very excited uh, I've only got I've only got three things uh, to mention and then Bo will take over from there uh, the Lords of, part two of the Lords of War video series has been released which this time deals with Gromnash I do believe I watched it a couple of days ago, so I've forgotten since then, I'm afraid. I love the animation in these things, but the stories are really not that exciting. Uh, BlizzCon 2014 uh, is happening in November, early November, and virtual tickets are now on sale. They haven't revealed uh, any of the goodies that you get with them. Last year, you actually, you got some stuff with them. At work, we're doing, we have like a, uh, in the home theater section of the store, hmm. we're planning on just doing like a showing. So, like, we're going to split the ticket between a few people and then, um, shut the store down and we're going to watch it. That's cool. It on, like a 16 inch TV or something. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's it. That's it for me for Azeroth in times. Plus all the, you know, all the usual stuff. I'm, you know, I'm doing my mods. I'm raiding my old content. Um, I did, uh, I did a dungeon. I have never done a raid. I never done it before the other, the other morning with our guild. We did, um, Blackwind Descent, which is pretty cool. Never done it before. I love all that Blackwind stuff. Like all the Blackrock Mountain stuff. It's awesome stuff. Uh, so yeah, was, I'd never done that one either until yeah. we did it. Yeah. I, I you actually, you stayed up for that. You were falling asleep at your keyboard. Yeah, I know. It's always late at night for me. It's early in the morning for you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's it. That's it for me for Azeroth in Times. And Bo is going to take over and talk about the developer Q&A. Yeah, well, it's... um. So the developer Q&A did happen, but it's been, like, over a month since I've done an Azeroth in Times, and I've had, like, a few different notes that I was kind of keeping in my head that I want to talk about. But then... Because of the outage and the internet and everything, it's been a while since we've done this. Yep. Um, I went through a phase where I was like, they've announced the date of Warlords. There's no point in getting any more gear. Our, our raid team at work just kind of flaked out and because and, uh, we're all just waiting on that to hit. Because there's no point in getting gear that you're going to replace first quest, you know, in Warlords. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of like, I'm going to go play Star Trek Online until Warlords comes out. And um, so, and I haven't logged into the game. I bought the game when it was brand new. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I played back whenever it was, I think it was Activision. 
and it was um, it was not free to play. You had to pay monthly, and um, so I started that account back up, and uh, now it's free to play. It's owned by some other company, and it's uh, it's completely different. But uh, you know the problem that I have with that game is that yeah, it's fun if you're a Star Trek fan, but it's not a very good MMO, honestly. Like. <laughs> There's too many loading screens. You go to a planet, you can only go to this one area of the planet. There's no way to just, you know, I just want to go visit, you know, this this one planet and, and it be as big as Azeroth. That's, I realize that's impossible, but yeah. it's still, it still, it doesn't, because of that hurdle that they couldn't possibly cross, and they've done a pretty good job at it with what they have. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like an MMO. One thing is, I played it from 1 to 30, and I never got in a group with anybody. I never grouped with another person, and it just does. It feels like a solo game, you know. Yeah, it feels like a console um, game. You're right. Yeah, it doesn't. It just. It's a fun game if you're a Star Trek fan, but it's as a Star Trek fan too. It has the problem of, you know, if I'm trying to immerse myself in it, then whenever I approach a Klingon vessel as a Starfleet captain, I would not just start attacking them. Mm. You know, I would try to be diplomatic. I would try to approach it differently. But because it's a video game, they just start attacking me. Well, it's it's part of, it's part of the story. I mean, it's 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 set in the future. It's set after Nemesis, and the Klingons are now our enemies again. So it does. Yeah, but it does make sense in the story. Sorry, but everybody does that. But and also, like, it's still in Star Trek. Though, like, if you were to come across a Romulan ship, like Picard wouldn't just start firing on him. He would, yeah, he would be like. What are you doing here in the neutral zone? Like you would, you know, do that, <laughs> and I don't do that in, in Star Trek Online. Anyway, so the, the lack I of got, diplomacy is is a bit weird. Yeah, it's weird for Star Trek. But one thing I saw that they that they had that I liked was, um, I think it was called uh, fleet duties or, or duty shifts or something like that. Um, and basically, what it is is you can kind of assign people on your ship to do certain things. They, they take varied amount of times. It may take three hours. It may take you know three days. And you come back, and it gives you, it gives you this kind of thing where it's like, you know, do I want to play right now? I don't really <laughs> want to play, but I want to log in and see, you know, if if they've done their their duty shifts or, or not. And um, with this Q and A, <clears throat> with this Q and A that they did uh, just a few days ago at, at Blizzard, it sounds like that's a lot like what garrisons are. Yeah. Um, and I know you mentioned uh, the Star Wars, the Old Republic kind of has a. Um, a similar system in it as well. Yeah. Uh, but I'm kind of excited about that, where I can kind of just assign my minions to go do something. Because when I first heard about it, I wasn't interested in the idea. I thought it was something that, like, I will do because I feel like I have to do it if I want to, you know, progress. Even though they've said it's not going to be, it's not going to be something necessary to raiding. What about uh, that? What about the cool aspect of it? The, the thing I'm most excited about is that whole. They while they're off on their missions, they can get captured. Yeah, no, they don't do that in Star Trek. Online. And you have to go yeah. rescue them. It's brilliant. I also, they also said in the uh, in the Q and A that like there was going to be like raids, like not raids in the sense that we know them, but like the enemy may raid your base. Yeah. You know, while you're trying to plant stuff or whatever you do on your base, like all of a sudden people start coming in, and you may actually have to like get someone else's help to come to come help clear it out. You know. That's cool, man. Um, yeah, it is pretty cool. I'm it, so excited for garrisons. Uh, I cannot tell you. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about it too. I think with Warlords, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, and it's gonna give. I don't foresee a day where I won't at least log in and see what my little guys are doing in my. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. So the big items from the Q and A. 
Um, Blizzard was working on WAD before MOP was released, and, and I'm actually reading, i, I got to give a little bit of credit, so over at joystick.com, there's an, an article that kind of breaks it down. I'm going through their breakdown. Cool. They said in the Q&A that they were actually working on Warlords of Draenor before they started on Mist of Pandaria. Um, so Warlords has been worked on the full expansion of Mist of Pandaria, and they've also said that they are already working on another expansion after Warlords, which leads me to believe that we are 100% right about our theory about what the what the expansion after Warlords is, um, because they said that they've done a really good job with their expansions, they believe, but they they didn't flow together. You know, I think probably the two that flew together the best was, you know, Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King, but, yep. you know, Deathwing was just kind of, like, thrown in there. It just it felt weird. Um, the Deathwing fight <laughs> is so disappointing. Yeah, yeah, for real. They're saying that their their progression now in, into further expansions is going to be much more fluid um, because they're working on multiple expansions at one time. My only thing is, is at what point, so we know they're making more expansions, at what point is the just actual engine of the game, like the very core the, the game is based on, whenever they have to update that, they basically have to put out a whole new game. They can't just put out a, an expansion. Yeah. But anyway... The main, the main thing I got from the whole thing is that um, garrisons are going to be cool, and they're working on things way in advance, which to me, you know, just as somebody that hears the gossip online about how WoW is doing bad, um, it's awesome to know that they're probably working on three expansions right now. All Did, kick-ass. Didn't they also say something about how they're gonna, uh, there's going to be an expansion every year now? So they're either going to expand just how big the patches are, or there's actually just going to be an actual expansion every year. That'd be pretty crazy. Like, if they mm. can do that, I don't remember if that was mentioned or not, but mm. it sounds feasible. Yeah. Because I think I've heard them say that before. The content, like, as long as it's good, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's why they're doing so many at once, is because they can actually, you know, span it out over, you know, we can actually spend two years working on this, release it a year after the last one, and we can do that because we, you know, it overlaps. Every every expansion has two years of, of actual, you know, work. I don't mind waiting two years if it's like Wrath of the Lich King style content, you know. Yeah, exactly right. Well, that was that was huge. Yeah, like I don't, I can't think of anything in MOP that compared to inter- entering ICC for the first time, you know. Yeah. And while I think that the the fights actually are probably better now, like the the boss kills are a little more complicated than they used to be. Mm. I think that I think that current um, in game content is is actually a little more difficult as far as mechanics go. It doesn't feel as epic. Like it, it doesn't feel as big though. No, all, all excellent points. Yeah, I've been I've been watching some footage and see people who have been on the beta, and I'm so excited. I just can't tell you. It's like I mean, I was I'm as excited for this as I was for Cataclysm, which uh, you know yeah. altered the world irreversibly. You know what I mean? As and uh, and I wasn't I wasn't that excited for Mop. I got to tell you, but uh, Cataclysm to me was. It was uh, my favorite expansions Burning Crusade just because Outland was awesome, but the, this this the impact that Cataclysm had on the world was 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 amazing and all the effort they put into it, and uh, I think this is going to be even better than that. I think so too. I think they're putting a lot into it. As far as so, I have gotten back into the game um, since you know for the last like two weeks or so. Yeah, I jumped back in, and um, I've been trying to get. So I've been thinking like, what's useful. Even in Warlords, if gear's not useful, you know, mounts, transmogs, those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, 
and I'm trying to get the virtuous stone Drake that drops from slab something slab hide or something. Oh, and, in the deep home. Yeah, in deep home, yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> it's like a zero point seven eight percent drop chance. Oh, it's even less than that, isn't it? Zero point zero zero seven eight. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't see the decimal place in the wrong place. Um, it's insanely and, uh, hard. I have killed that thing probably 500 times. Yeah. I mean, like, literally for two weeks, that's all I've done. Yeah. Like, I just, I just like, I watch TV shows, I listen to podcasts, <laughs> I don't even focus on what I'm doing. <laughs> just, yeah. There's always some asshole yeah. sitting outside the instance on the drag, just like, like, why is he even there, level 90? <laughs> you know, unless he's just trying to show off that he has it to all the people that are trying to get it, you know? Yeah. What a jerk. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, let's move on. <laughs> so let's finish up with Coming Soon. In Australian cinemas on September 11th, we get Eye Origins, which is about uh, a scientist who thinks he's figured out the the meaning of life or something through looking at our eyes. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Lies. It's yeah. like spirituality and science. There, there and is a there is a cam modality that I forget iridology. I think it's called yeah. when you look in your eye. It's it's all bollocks. Oh no, iridology is when you if you look at your eye and you can see spots and stuff, and it's meant to tell you what parts of your body are no good. Mm. Whereas this is more like he's looked at the eye and he's it's like he can see the universe. I'm not gonna. Doctors I haven't seen the it. heart of the doctor, and he saw yeah. <laughs> hatred <laughs> for the Daleks. <laughs> and we also got step up number five. It's like an aerobics video. <laughs> it's a dance movie. Uh, Night moves. Uh, we've also got uh, Tarzan, which is an animated uh, version of the of the movie, and it's not the Disney animated version that came out years ago. It's it's from uh, uh, Europe somewhere, Norway or something. I don't know. Looks terrible. One of those foreign um, places. Yep. Uh, the movie I reviewed, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, comes out on that day. Uh, the Giver, which uh, Crystal's interested in seeing. Am I? Yeah, it's a, it's a science fiction film about the 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 drab. Colorless world where the where uh, oh the one with the where, dude where the dude gives out stories and stuff. Uh, the immigrant, which I know nothing about, so moving on. And wish I was here, which is um, Zach. Is it Braff? Is that his name? From Scrubs. Yeah, yeah. the guy from Scrubs. Uh, and he's Kickstarter funded film. Uh, so he's writing and directing. This is my favorite bizarre love child. I love bizarre bizarre love childs where you put two people together and they look like that person. So yeah. he's um, John Ritter and um, Ray Romano. Two men. Yeah, that's why it's bizarre love. Oh, bizarre love. Oh, that explains the bizarre part. Yeah, but if you look at him, it isn't it? It's Ray Romano and Gotcha. Radio. Cool. Anyway, so that's Australian cinemas and American cinemas. On the 12th, we have um, Dolphin Tell 2. Cool. Uh, We also have uh, No Good Deed, which is like a uh, romance novel kind of movie. I saw the preview uh, recently whenever uh, I went and saw something recently, and I saw that preview. So you remember the preview more than you remember what it was that you saw? No, I don't. You know, I go. To, I actually like the previews more than the movie. I'm excited about the previews more than I am the movie. <laughs> Almost every movie I see, I'm like, dude, I hope they show. And I have like a list in my mind. Like, I hope they show this preview. <laughs> like, I want to see that. <laughs> go. Um, and uh, that looks like the two. Yeah, that's the two that we get. It's a dead week. You don't have to go to the movies on the 12th. You can do something else that weekend. We've got a heap of stuff coming Six out. But... Flags over Georgia. <laughs> Uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff you can do. <laughs> yeah, but they've got Netflix. So, so, so that's uh, it's a it's a it's a slow week at the cinemas in America, but uh, Australia we've got a heap of stuff. 
but uh, that's it for the episode. That's episode 108. What an epic episode. I apologize. This episode will be longer than normal, uh, but it is Bo's triumphant return. So we had a lot of stuff to talk, to talk about. Thank you very much from me and the crew. Crystal. Here's it, a half show. And Bo. We forgot to mention Tom Hanks and Wilson. Uh, Tom uh, Hanks and Wilson. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry, Wilson. Wilson. Anyway, <laughs> I just can't, can't get that Family Guy skit out of my head whenever I, that, that movie's mentioned. But anyway, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can write on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on Nerd Culture Podcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show, use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net or search for ncptv on YouTube because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com. You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.